0: From Hollywood to you.
1: Thank you for listening to us. Ryan
0: Seacrest.
1: Seacrest! We're on air, on air, on air with Ryan Seacrest. Uh, okay. Hi. Good morning. How are we doing, Patty?
2: We're doing beautiful.
1: We are? Yeah? You happy?
3: We are. I'm very happy.
1: Okay, good. Tanya, you happy?
3: I'm happy. I'm a little sore in places, but I'm fine.
1: Do we dare ask? Or I mean, you you mentioned it, so clearly you want a follow up question. Okay, what parts are sore? I know just how my you back.
3: Work. <laughs> just my back. But I'm thinking that it's just this is what happens in your thirties.
1: Yeah, you're right. And it just, Pains. Snow, it's it's, just start coming. Oh, it snowballs. It snowballs. I was just asking for an MRI.
3: On what? On your ankle
1: and my knee. Now it's been. I forget. It's contagious. My ankle—I spray my ankle. Now my knee's sprain. It's like it's like the ligaments are contagious in their ailments. Yeah. <laughs>
3: like,
1: can I get? Can you just roll me into that tunnel and take pictures of the entire body and tell me what's wrong?
3: I used to get so hurt when I would like box and do like intense workouts. I would really hurt myself, and now it's like my back's hurting from how I sleep.
1: Oh, I twisted my knee all up on a cardio machine. Like, not even going, just like pivoting to pick up my phone. Like pivot, you know, you pivot fast. Not even yeah. doing the exercise, like a pivot. So, like a frustrating injury. Hey, anyway, yeah. Patty, glad you're in a good mood. It's
2: all about happiness.
1: I like that you have a you. You think for a beat before you respond to us. I think I like that part,
4: right? Because
1: kind of Well, actually, in. no. I
2: have to unmute myself, <laughs> so it's not that I'm thinking. It just takes like like half
1: a second. All right. Well, don't confuse her delay with thinking, then, guys. She's unmuted.
3: After yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unmute. All we right. should look at the positive, the positive side of things. You know, at least we can feel the aches and pains.
1: <laughs> that positive thought really was a struggle to come up with.
2: <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. At least we can still feel, feel. That means we're alive.
1: Hey, right? Exactly. We feel pain. We are alive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Hey, a mix of clouds and sunshine all weekend. Highs in the upper 60s and 70s. Got some rain rolling in beginning of the week, Monday. Yeah. Free gas. Kiss FM. Sold out. Jingle Ball tickets presented by Capital One. Your morning hat coming up. And a comedian I saw that I told Tiny to see. Did you watch Taylor Tomlinson?
3: I watched the full thing with my boyfriend. And we were both laughing out loud.
1: Okay. We were laughing out loud too. And it was. Oh, we. We were. Who is was this... we?
3: Who were you watching it with?
1: George and I. You, you know that she watches everything with me.
3: I know, but you don't always say we.
1: Uh, then so I will curious. say it more often I'll say it more often do you like weed better?
3: I'm just are you Are you telling me the full truth and nothing but the truth?
1: I'm telling you the truth
3: you paused you
2: didn't. was did. there somebody oh, else don't in confuse addition my, to Georgia?
1: don't, don't confuse my pause with anything other than I had to unmute myself
3: <laughs> <laughs> was there a we outside of Georgia?
1: oh sure yeah there was another human being
3: mm. and okay, that's what I want to talk about.
1: Okay. Well, put a pin in your pin cushion.
3: Okay. I'll put a pin in it. When do you want me to pull that pin out?
1: year or two. <laughs> um,
3: a
2: year, year or, or two.
1: Taylor Tomlinson, <laughs> very... I, I think she's new, but she's out of Temecula. Like, she grew up in Temecula, so I thought she was hysterical. Her comedy's all about what sucks in your 20s. <laughs> yeah. And yet, Tiny, and I related to every single bit.
3: Every single bit.
1: All right. Let's see. Hello famous chef. Leslie, Leslie, I heard the word chef. You perked perked me right up. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks. How can I help you?
5: Okay. So the other day you were telling this great story about, well, actually it was kind of a cringy story about how you went to the party with the (sighs) chef that catered. That was so amazing, but you got his name wrong and I felt so bad for you, but you never got around to telling us how great the food was. How was the food?
1: Let me see if I can if he'll answer his phone. What time? Yeah, I think. Ooh, it's really early to call a chef, isn't it? Uh maybe later. So, yes. What was the question?
5: Okay, the chef. His name
1: is. I think it's Funk. Evan Funk. Yes. What was Evan the question Funk. though? I didn't tell you about the pasta. Not pastas. Alan.
5: Not Alan Funk. But I want to mm-hmm. know how was the food? Was the food was the oh. most? Was it the most amazing pasta ever?
1: First of all, the food was incredible. We had multiple pastas, like a trio on a plate. And so first no, was angelotti, the angelotti to die, and then there was pasta Gemelli. I don't know if you've ever wow. had pasta Gemelli. so good.
5: No, I have yeah. not. What is it?
1: I don't know, but it was great. This guy, I didn't have my pasta class at the CIA, yet, but this guy, Evan Funk with an E, he's got a documentary on Prime Video. Check it out. Anyway, he said he mastered 220 different shapes of pasta. Mastered. Ornate to pasta. 220 different shapes. And so, uh, I don't know if he has other places, but his name is Evan Funk. He has a place in Venice called Felix. And it was one of those situations where I was so kind of excited to meet him. I called him the wrong name when I introduced him. I called him Alan Funk. And that was like a hybrid of a guy that used to host a TV show many, many years ago named Alan Funt. And it got in my head and screwed <laughs> me up. I felt so bad for you. I'm so I sorry. Did I didn't know. But no, I didn't know I felt bad till afterwards when someone corrected me. I felt good, and about an, like a few minutes later, when Kurt, right. my buddy's, like, "Hey, you know, it's not Alan Funk. That's a host from the." And it wasn't. By the way, Kurt, it's Alan Funt, not even Alan Funk, and Evan is his name. But I will try. I need. I need to call him and apologize. Uh, Leslie, tell me about Garden Grove this morning. How's it going?
5: Oh. Uh, well, I'm actually in Fountain Valley at work. I'm happy to hear um, about
1: Garden Grove from Fountain Valley. Tell me.
5: And and there's forklifts beeping around me because I work at Costco.
1: All right. What shortages are at Costco? What can you not get from the containers?
5: Uh, everything. Everything. You know how we have those coupon books? Half the stuff in the coupon book is not available right now because it's on a container somewhere.
6: Oh,
3: wow. Oh.
1: God, the, I, if I could, we could just have x-ray vision of all those containers on those ships to see what's out there. It would be such a movie.
5: Wouldn't it be amazing? Aren't you dying to know what's on those ships out there? I by the way, I, you don't understand, and... Leslie,
1: my fascination with shipping yards goes way back. I've been very <laughs> fascinated by shipping yards, honestly. <laughs> I've been c- container like ships, I've been way into for decades. I don't understand I love the whole process of canals. I like canals. I like the whole cross ocean transatlantic shipping path. I'm way into That's it.
5: That's true. You are way into it.
1: Little things like that. Maybe there should be
5: a TV show about
1: longshoremen. Any longshoremen listening, call me. Let's cast. All right, listen, we're going to run. Thank you for Costcoing, and you take care. You too. I mean, Costco saved us during the pandemic. All right. Now, who doesn't love a good compliment? A compliment can break the ice. It can soothe the fire. This is what a whole bunch of research around the world has determined. This is like in every language. The compliments that we as individuals, as humans, want to hear, what I would suggest is put your open up your notes section. Okay. In your Ready? phone and jot these down. These are what people want to hear. If you are talking to a parent, compliment them as a good mom or a good dad. Okay. Next. Say to somebody, you know what I love about you? You never give up. People love being complimented with perseverance.
3: Perseverance. You didn't P. like
1: that one? I saw your face. What was the sour no, no. face?
3: I like that one. I like that one a lot. Perseverance.
1: Okay. Well, you know give me a sour it. face. So I don't version. know how to spell it. And I'm trying oh, to Oh, so that was over your spelling that face. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's, you don't want to spin. never give up?
3: No, I wrote perseverance. I guess oh, it's just say never give up.
1: P, well, I'll spell it for you if you want. P-E-R. Yeah. Uh-huh. S-E. Okay. V-E. And then the rest they'll fill in if you type that much. <laughs> Okay,
7: perfect.
1: Uh, Your best is enough. Your best is enough. You don't have to worry about it. People love this. Got it down. That
7: is good. That's it. That's all.
1: Today's quote, letting go means realizing some people are part of your history but not a part of your destiny.
0: On air with Ryan Seacrest.
1: All right, so Tanya, on this Kiss FM birthday, Kiss FM debuted 46 years ago. We'll get to that later this morning. Today, nineteen seventy five, and look at you. Forty six years later, you are doing the news.
6: (laughs) Yeah, who'd have thought that?
1: Right? Sissene's out and you're doing it. Headlines, what do you got?
3: All right, well, the FBI identified human remains found in a Florida nature preserve as those of Brian Laundrie, a person of interest in the death of girlfriend Gabby Petito, while the couple was on a cross-country road trip. The area where the remains were found had been underwater during earlier searches. Kid-sized doses of Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine appear safe and 91% effective at preventing symptomatic infections in 5- to 11-year-olds. The shots could begin in early November with the first children in line fully protected by Christmas. And Chris Taylor kept the Dodgers alive with three home runs last night as L.A. beat Atlanta 11-2 in Game 5 of the NLCS. The Braves still lead the series three games to two, Game six is tomorrow afternoon in Atlanta.
1: On air with Ryan Seacrest. All right. Seacrest with you, Tanya Patti. Sisini is out on maternity leave. She'll be back very soon. Uh, Friday night lights tonight. You got another big Friday night for high school football across Southern California. Football is my sport. Mm-hmm. Many years. Just the smell of cut grass. Brings back memories of two-a-days, three-a-days, all the grind. Wow. Um, Seven-and-one, the Agoura Chargers heading out the Thousand Oaks to take on the Lancers. Also, you got the Bonita High School Bearcats and their star receiver, Isaiah Portillo. Heading to Chino Hills to take on the uh, Ayala Bulldogs. Go dogs, go Bearcats, whoever you're rooting for. Mm -hmm. Got their sophomore quarterback, Brian Wilson, out there, both teams seven-and-one. And this one tomorrow, it's a big one. Number one team in America. Number one on the charts. Number one in the USA. According to USA Today, the modern day Monarchs from Santa Ana. How about oh. that? They're battling number seven. Both teams are undefeated. Goes down tomorrow night. 9,000 seat Santa Ana Stadium. That's oh. big time in high school. Number one in the big country. Time. There are big, there's some great football clubs around this nation. Chile at game time tonight partly cloudy temps in the low 60s hey so in a few minutes we're gonna meet taylor tomlinson i don't know how, a friend of mine said you gotta watch this special on netflix i've been watching more comedians lately anyway and That's nice i caught her special it's called the quarter life crisis anyway she's from here i didn't know she's it's very she's 25 26 right yeah about the struggles
3: you and recommended it to me, and I watched did you, it. And was did you
1: get what I got?
3: Oh, laughing out loud, like rolling laughing.
1: Right. Listen. Here's here's part of her stand-up act. She grew up in Temecula, and she grew up in the church, and the church yeah. would not be the stage for some of her material. Right. But she's talking about things you deal with in your twenties. Listen.
6: I am halfway through my twenties, and I am done with it. Oh, my God, I'm sick of my 20s. I'm so sick of people telling me to enjoy them. They're not fun. They are 10 years of asking yourself, will I outgrow this or is it a problem? Like, is this a phase or a demon? I just need to know. Like, am I fun or should I go to a meeting? Someone help me. (laughs) And if you're sitting there going, Taylor, you should be grateful. I miss my 20s. No, you don't. What you miss is a time in your life where you didn't have a lot of responsibilities because nobody expected anything from you. But do you remember why nobody expected anything from you? Because you sucked. (laughs) That's what everybody it's forgets so, about your twenties. You were garbage, thinner garbage, but you were garbage.
1: So I, I, <laughs> I laughed out it's loud so at almost true. all of it, and then I thought, wow, why is it that I find this this in your twenties humor so relatable? It's bizarre to me. I don't, I can't explain it. Is it because we've all been there? We look For back on sure. it fondly, unfondly. Is it because some of my friends are in their twenties? Hard to say. I don't know. But I've never met her. And I don't understand something about comedians. Like What? I can barely remember how to tell a story here in a minute. I don't know how they seamlessly remember stories that segue into stories, into jokes and timing. I just don't understand the concept.
3: There's got to be some sort of cue cards that line up, like which joke comes after which joke. There has to be something on the stage. You know I need how to kind know. of artists have like the. the yeah, yeah, set yeah.
1: List they they have this art. Like if you go to a concert, right. Maroon Five. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But artists like that, they have the city on the stage. Then they got the set uh-huh. list. Like you're in Des Moines, right? Here's the set list, and then they even have the like you know when you go to a concert and they say good night everybody. Then they come back for the encore. Mm-hmm. They even have the encore written down in front on the page. Right. Like you it's know like they're a they. Net. You know they know they know you know you're gonna ask for it and they know they're coming back. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. I had an onion. You're not going to even know who you're dealing with. I had an onion garlic bagel this morning. I had an onion I'm proud garlic of you. bagel. I don't even eat bagels, but I had one this morning with onion and garlic. And I, you ever notice that garlic and onion gets on your tongue and makes it heavy? Like I, I don't know if I can yeah, speak as well as I normally speak because of the garlic and the onion.
3: Tastes delicious. It's worth it. It,
1: it really isn't worth it. It's really not oh. because the Ooh. aftermath and the carbohydrate part not worth it. I don't want to bring Taylor Tomlinson into our family drama. She's uh, here now. Taylor, good morning. How are you doing?
8: Good. I mean, better now that I've learned that thing about garlic and onion. You know, it's funny. I was going to mention it.
1: I was like, why does this tongue <laughs> sound heavier? Wait, don't mention <laughs> it. Don't mention it. It's a, it's a sore spot with me. It's true. I don't know if before. Taylor Tomlinson, by the way, her um, special on Netflix is called Taylor Tomlinson Quarter Life Crisis. I, I related to it so well which worries me but we'll get back to that but do you ever before you go on stage Taylor do you ever like not have something because you have to speak so much
8: oh absolutely I mean there are lots of heavy foods I think that would weigh down your tongue I mean I can't do like a banana before I go on stage That's too much work Right. you can't tire out your jaw before you're yeah. going out to literally speak for an hour. I've definitely been that thing where I eat right before I go on stage, and then the entire set I'm just picking things out of my molars with my tongue
1: mm-hmm. to the point where
8: you have to say something. Where you're like, look, guys, I had a black bean burger before I came <laughs> up here, and it wasn't the right call, and I apologize no. for that.
1: But, uh, yes, but you make it through. And we have to say um, – I it, I watched your special. I really, really. A friend of mine had seen it, and they told me to watch it, and I loved it. I was really laughing out loud at a lot of it, and it made me so interested in who you are. Right? You see somebody that tells these these jokes and that does it like you do it, and you're like, "Who? What's their background? Where did all this come from?" Because you refer to right. a little bit in your act. You're from Temecula.
8: I grew up in like Modesto until I was like ten, Modesto. and then I was in Temecula after that. Yeah.
1: All right, and you grew up in the church?
8: Yeah, I grew up going to church. I grew up going oh, to church. God. I have a very religious family um, who does not watch my stand up anymore, as you can probably imagine.
1: But I'm um, so right. because you grew up in a family like that, which is great to grow up in, do you feel like you were even more rebellious?
8: Honestly, no. And you know what's weird? I had a lot of friends' parents tell me growing up, which in hindsight is so inappropriate where they were like, your parents are so strict, you're just going to go nuts when you're, like, in high school and college. I'm like Ken. I'm like, you're drunk, Mrs. Anderson. Uh, (laughs) Just, like, so strange that they were, like, predicting my downfall. But I do think that happens to a lot of kids who grow up in a really strict religious household, is they, like, go to college and they have all this newfound freedom. I was not like that, probably because I have anxiety. So I've always been super responsible and like even now as an adult woman i'm like i don't know if i should go see that movie because my dad might find out <laughs> <laughs> and then i remember i pay all my bills
1: what well, you do and you, you it sounds like you're going to keep doing that i really loved all of your act but one part in addition to all of it was <laughs> um weddings because i too have issues with weddings being the wedding person and being the wedding guest and you go off on all of it which i loved
8: oh yeah i mean it i had gone to a friend's wedding and it was like one of my first friends to get married and the wedding party was so huge i'm like you're too young to be getting married if you have this many friends though like if you've retained this many relationships you're not far enough into adulthood because i think they were still in college or like right out of college and it's just a different vibe than when you go to like you know people who waited till they were like 40 to get married and are more like whole people and so going to all these like weird early 20-something weddings where it's more of like a production Mm -hmm. was so strange like and and weirdly enough once I started talking about it on stage I'm like oh everybody my age is feeling this way at these weddings except for the people who are actually getting married
1: (laughs) it's true I agree
8: well I hope we're having fun
1: but many of them are not believe me we talked to a lot of them who've called into us during and after uh tanya you have a question about dating and doing material right about people you're actually dating in real life how does that go over
3: yeah i was wondering if you oh, I mean, are currently currently dating anybody and if so does he come to your shows and does that alter what you say because i can't imagine you saying some of those jokes if you're dating somebody and he's in the audience
8: well my current boyfriend is a comedian uh sam morale okay. he's a very good comedian So he and I, obviously, are are a little more in sync with that, where it's like, well, we're going to do jokes about each other. It's funny, though, because it's good for me to date a comedian because I get to see how sensitive I am, where I'm like, you're really going to do a joke about that? You should get this. You're (laughs) awesome. Right. Right. This is what it's been like to date me for years is just like oh god i'm sure there have been guys i've dated who are like really you're gonna do you're gonna do that fight on stage just the Mm -hmm. whole thing Mm -hmm. line for line all right like but weird i i do think that sometimes non-comedians are like flattered when you do jokes about them too so it really just depends on the person um everyone i've dated has been for the most part pretty like no, we get it. We understand. But, yeah, there's been like once or twice where they're like, oh, is that how you actually feel? And I'm like, of course not. But it is.
1: Taylor, before we <laughs> let you go, I have to understand how one, yourself, goes through all of the material seamlessly segueing from story to story with specificity, by the way without missing a beat or forgetting anything. How, how do you prepare and how do you execute that? I'm so curious. Oh,
8: thank you so much. Transitions are really important to me. It's hard for me to listen to someone for a long time who doesn't have smooth segues. So I think it's just a personal preference. I also, you know, I've only been alive for 27 years. There's not much for me to talk about with authority. <laughs> so if you really look at what I'm talking about, I'm talking about like four things. So it's huh. pretty easy to connect them all. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, I mean, I'm on the road constantly. Like, we're doing this tour right now. I was in comedy clubs before this. Like, you just do it so many times that by the time you film it, you're like, well, I know this, like the back of my hand. And even if uh-huh. I change the order, I know how to how to Get transition back. from one subject to another.
1: I mean, I, I really don't understand it because I am on a radio show and a television show every day. And without notes or cue cards, I am lost. Right. <laughs>
8: Really? Oh my gosh! That makes me feel so much better. I mean, well, I'm only doing the same thing every day, I, though. Like I'm doing the same uh, hour right. every day. All right, that makes me feel if much I have better. Thank you. A brand
1: new thing.
0: thing. Yeah,
8: that you're that doing a brand new, right, got, brand new thing every day.
1: Like, like this is the first, right? We didn't rehearse this. I've never right. pretended that I didn't know you to know you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. this is this exactly. is all exactly exactly on the fly. Taylor, I'm a big fan. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, Tickets Tour. deal with it tour on sale now at T. Tomcomedy.com and her stand-up yeah. special, Quarter Life Crisis on Netflix. Uh, continued success, Taylor. Thank you very much.
8: Thank you so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Okay, bye. Bye.
1: Comedians. I am so f- curious and fascinated by comedians.
3: I know, but it's so like the thing that she says about engagements when she got engaged and she says there was something in her head that just went level completed. And she felt like she was better than everybody. I was like,
1: and- that. Yes, but when I was 20, she did this, when wrote that when she was 25, I think, right? Right. When I was 25, I couldn't have comprehended that kind of process of thinking.
3: You did. That's the thing. You were talking to your friends about it. I'm sure you guys all- And she just
1: organized it and went on stage.
7: On air. On air with Ryan
0: Seacrest.
1: You know, uh, there's a real crisis at the ports of this country, the ports of L.A., and Long Beach now running 24-7 around the clock. Those containers out there are being dumped in nearby neighborhoods when they're emptied. They are just they have to move them out fast. It's crazy. Right. So here's Milo, a Port of L.A. worker. Milo, good morning. Hi, how you doing? Bro, I'm good. So what is your role at the port?
9: Uh, basically, uh majority of what I do is drive the UTRs or the trucks that delivers the uh the cargo from the ship to the yard and the yard to the ship okay. is mostly what I do.
1: All right, so you have a, you have a, a trailer that's got nothing on it till a container gets put on it, right? Correct. And you get the container at the yard, and then you take it to where does it go next?
9: If it's going from the yard, it's going to the ship to be exported. If it's coming from the ship, then we take it to the yard where it's either staged for rails or it's staged to uh, be delivered to an outside trucker to be delivered to warehouses
1: Uh, on land. Okay. And why just for people who don't understand it, why is there such a backup with the ships right now and the offloading?
9: For the most part, it's, it's space at the terminals. There's just no space to put the cargo. They've, these terminals have put stacked containers in areas of the yard that they've never had things before. They've, move their operations around to make more space they've even leased land outside of their own terminal to to store these containers so it's it's just a matter of the fact that there's so much coming in and it's not leaving the terminals fast enough
1: and when do they tell you we'll catch up
9: oh they don't tell us when we it sounds like it's going to be like this for well over another year
1: and wow. what fascinates me is, and it, I guess it shouldn't, but if you really look at it, this is a chain reaction. So there's a massive ripple effect, right? Absolutely. Not, not only to the consumer when they purchase, as you're going to see and are seeing, but also could you even, and, and some of your the, your colleagues who were driving trucks, I was reading that they're waiting 10, 12 hours just to get in.
9: Okay, so the, to understand the difference, the, the trucks that I drive, are are on the the lot moving are on the lot and they're Mm -hmm. the drivers that are driving it off the lot Mm -hmm. so um it's for example i worked a couple of days ago we had five gangs or cranes working on the ship we're offloading the cargo as fast as we can safely of course and taking it to the yard but there was hardly any outside truckers there pulling any cargo off the terminal why is that that I couldn't tell you, other than what I've heard, because I haven't talked to many truckers, because I haven't seen that many. But what's what's the word? It just there's just not as many uh, truckers pulling them off. Uh, some they say as part of the emissions that have gone into effect for the trucks, uh, the Clean Air Act, mm. and uh, that there's uh, not as many people purchasing those trucks because they can't use the older trucks. That's one of the see, things they said.
1: Listen to that. That's something I that we wouldn't, I wouldn't think about, right? But they can't use that truck that they normally would buy, which results in a labor shortage and offloading the goods. Yes. Dude.
9: So that, that, uh, pays, that plays a small factor, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the hard work you're doing, man.
9: No problem. Thank you. All right, brother. On air. On air with
1: Ryan Seacrest. Shall we? Let's talk to Lily. Let's talk to Lily. Lily Fala Shahi is on the line. Lily, how are you this morning?
7: Yes, hi. Good morning.
1: Good morning. So I want to say it correctly. Lily Fala Shahi, correct? Yes. Yes, that's me. Good. Well, it's great to meet you. So Lily has Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. It's our pleasure. I, I want to give some people your background here. Lily has... I guess you came to America in the 80s. Is that right?
7: Yes, we came 86 from Iran? Iran.
1: Yeah. Can you shed some light on the decision and then what that journey was like?
7: Um, yes, it was a hard time to live in Iran with the war and revolution. And I had a son that we thought he's going to have a better life here.
10: Yeah.
7: And that made that decision easier to move here. And um, I was a librarian uh, in Iran. But when I moved here, I found that that's not going to happen uh, with my um, very broken language, English. Um, that was not the possibility. So I was trying to find a way to make a living. And um, I ended up to have a coffee shop.
1: <laughs> so, so that's what I've been doing. And you were a librarian back in Iran?
7: Yes, yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, I find it, this is not crazy, I know coffee shops everywhere, but I find it very difficult to get a good cup of coffee on the go. Very difficult. To me, many coffees have this weird aftertaste or this burnt bean flavor. Right. And I've never had your coffee, so can you tell me about yours and why people love it?
7: Um, Well, I don't want to brag about it, but I think we... Try to make a good coffee for everybody. And the reason maybe you have that taste is maybe they don't clean the machine That's very well or uh, the equipment very well and that burned coffee stays there and gives that uh, aftertaste. I'm... And whenever you're passing by, I would love to make a good coffee for you.
1: Okay, well I do pass by. That's my vessel over the hill sometimes. She's on, Law Canyon. Stuff. You, mm-hmm. you on Lord Law Canyon. Are you on Canyon?
7: Absolutely. Are, are you above
1: Pache? Yes, that's what the I am. Yeah, I've seen you. I've never. I've yeah. seen you a million times. Then why don't you? you stop? <laughs> well, I'm going to stop now. But you—that's like a little no, treehouse. it's like a little treehouse yes. shopping center. Yeah, it's
7: so cute. It is. It is. It's been there since um, I don't know, 30s or 40s, and it's a magical place. It is. I don't want to again brag about it, but it's really magical. It's something in the air that attracts creativity and that's what it is there's a lot of young people come um, pursuing of their music or um, writing or whatever um, they, they just come and find peace and what we have created is a place that everybody comes and they meet they connect they tell the stories uh, they do projects and that's what it is um, we just Try to make a good cup of coffee and uh, environment that people can come and be happy and start their day, charge their batteries and ordinary life every day. That's that's the mission.
1: <laughs> well, let me tell people how they can check out images and follow you at Laurel Canyon Coffee, at Laurel Canyon mm-hmm. Coffee on Instagram and Lilies with one L. Well, two Ls really. It's the capital L then the I then the two L, L, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. But, but not a double L in the middle. It's L I L Y S. Uh, cafe.com. Yes. And this is, and by the way, it's so, you're so sweet because we're literally calling you on the air to brag about everything. And you're so humble to say, oh, I, I don't want to, yeah, of course. You don't want to brag, but we'll brag for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. You. Next time I go over the hill, I'm not going to use the pulpit. I'm coming in. I'm taking the canyon.
7: Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love to make a good coffee for you. Especially. Yeah, but I like it strong,
1: Lily, just so you know.
7: I will remember that.
1: I like a red eye.
7: Yeah. Oh, yeah, impressive.
1: absolutely. Next time. All right, next time. You take good care, and thank you for coming on, and thank you for waking people thank up you. in the morning. Thank
7: you very much for having us. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.
1: bye-bye. Pache, also, stop for coffee and have dinner. That Pache, P-A-C-E, is another story. We should get them on. They're home. I, they're not really hometown us though, but they, I like it. It's good.
3: I think it's homegrown. It's so good, and it's so cute. I actually went on one of my very first dates there.
1: Is it still as cozy as it always was?
3: Yeah, still is cozy. And they have like those things on the on the tables where you can draw pictures, you know? Placemats? No, it's like a, it's like the brown it's no, it's like that brown paper that you can just like draw on on the tables.
1: A paper tablecloth?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's really cute. You can, like in the doctor's I,
1: office when you lay on the bed, the paper?
3: Yeah, kinda like that. And you can like draw pictures for each other.
1: Okay. Patty. Please, next time they go out to dinner and draw pictures of each other on their paper tablecloth, S- give me a picture. Send it to the group.
0: <laughs> on air. On air with Ryan Seacrest.
1: Ryan Seacrest, Tanya, Patty, assistant, he's out on maternity leave. I wanted to follow up with one of our former interns. You know, when a former intern makes it big, I don't want to say I feel parental about it, but I kind of do. Are we bringing in Jack? Jack Collinsworth, remember Jack Collinsworth, Tanya? Do you remember when Jack? This was back in 2016. Jack Collinsworth rolls in as the new intern, and I feel like you did a double take on Jack. That right? I mean, you're like, who is this kid? Seems like he's got totally. got like star quality. Remember that?
3: Yeah, and he was so nice, and he was so funny. He was just truly just a pleasure to have around.
1: Welcome back to your radio roots, Jack Collinsworth.
4: This is like checking back in with family right here. This just feels right, man. This feels right. Thanks for having me back.
1: It's great to have you back. Now that you've made it big time on NBC, talking sport. I mean, there's nothing bigger than being on NBC Sports. Uh, you're welcome. We'll get to that in a second. But first, you're welcome. But first, Jack, uh, talk about your journey. You know, from being in the the phone rooms of Kiss FM to being in the big time of NBC Sports. What was that journey like for you?
4: Yeah. Well, the journey was pretty simple. It was, I came out there, I got to look at the inner workings and the mastery and the machine that you've built. And I go, if that's what it takes, then we got to go to Copacabana beach and we got to recreate so this. We did. So then we go to Copacabana beach and we're throwing parties on the beach every night. And somehow they, they called it a job for us. Uh, they brought the TV crews in there. I'm watching Ryan Seacrest operate. We're in the green room. We, Sean White comes over there with us. The next thing you know, we're on Sunday night football, man. It was, it was a quick journey. No, no, yes, no. no. The next quick. thing you know, no, we're
1: not on. You. We're not on Sunday football. You're <laughs> on Sunday football. We're here at Kiss FM still, which is good. But no, I. So we went to the Olympics. You were doing the. Were you doing social reporting during the Olympics too?
4: Yeah, it was 2016. So it was the first ever social media correspondent for the Olympics. At that time, if you remember, we we're doing like Facebook Live, Instagram Live. <laughs> yeah, I do. And nobody yeah. had ever heard of it. You know, it was like the first time anybody had ever heard those words.
1: Jack before. kept coming over and say, "Hey, we got to do this on Facebook Live. It's gonna, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be big. It's gonna make a splash." Like, splash. All right, all right. All right. All,
4: right. <laughs> all right. So
1: now this. First of all, really, congratulations! It is uh, fantastic to see you on you. NBC doing the sports. And you. So you were explaining you were at ESPN and then got on NBC. What happened?
4: So I was at ESPN at first. I did three years over there, NFL Live, hosting that show. It's like a daily NFL show that they do. Then did some stuff on the college football side hosting over there. And then it came to a decision point where I could go back and work at NBC or I could continue on with ESPN. And it's about as good of a decision as you can come to, I think. And uh, probably what put it over the top for me was the chance to, to work with dad and to, to spend some time with him on the road and getting to get dinners on the road with Al Michaels and Dad oh, the gosh. night before the game I, I from my standpoint you can't get any better than that
1: So Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth call the games yeah. right and then you and then yeah. when do you when do you come on and what do you do
4: now So we do the pregame show and then we do yeah. the postgame show on Peacock after the game So that's, that's so our cool. two things So th- this week we got USC coming into Notre Dame as well so we got that Saturday so there's a little LA connection for you yeah, and then yeah. drive up to Chicago fly to San Francisco for Sunday night
1: Where's this southern accent come from?
4: The southern accent? I mean, I grew up in Kentucky.
1: That's it. Okay, wow. is that where you are? Because yeah. it looks very like a Kentucky library. That
4: you're in. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay, so I'm I'm right across the river from Cincinnati. That's where we grew up.
1: Well, I think I'm sorry about the Bulldogs in Kentucky. I think I'm sorry about that.
4: God, I forgot about that. That's that's your homeland, isn't it? Yeah, that's we didn't forget. Go, there. dogs.
1: We didn't forget about that. Riff, riff, riff,
4: there's levels to this thing. There's levels to that There's whole levels. college football thing. And George is just a level <laughs> up, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Um, He's so good. Isn't he so smooth? That Jack, our little boy, Chris Collinsworth, <laughs> and my little boy grows up. Um, So, Jared Goff coming home this weekend, right? He's coming back to SoFi. Yeah, yeah, the Rams yeah. are looking strong. I mean, what are they saying? What are Al and Chris and you saying at the dinner table about this?
4: You know the truth. I, we were just talking about you, like maybe two weeks ago, Ryan. That's that's okay, why man. this was weird, man. That's really? why this was weird. There's there's so much respect for you on that set. That that's oh, the crazy man. thing. That's real. And um, I remember Al was sort of telling a few stories. Dad was telling the story of when you guys ran into each other there on C- C- Cabana Beach, and you're walking by <laughs> in your hat. He's like, sort of bumped into you. You're like, Hey, what's up? He's like, Wait a minute, that's Ryan Seacrest right there. He spun <laughs> back around. So there's a whole yeah. bunch of respect for you on that set, man. But I, I will say that. I will say that there is, you know, everybody kind of feels like Jared Goff got put in a difficult position going yeah. over there to Detroit. Right. I mean, this is a complete rebuild probably more of the five-year variety of rebuild and he's in there trying to win and trying to pick up where he left off in LA. I think it's probably unrealistic. There's a much better team in Los Angeles than there is in Detroit.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's got Owen six with the lions, uh, Rams five and one LA February at fifteen. Rams are legit. What are the odds? What do Al, Chris, and yourself say about an LA, LA Super Bowl?
4: I think it's very real. So the Chargers are dad's Super Bowl pick. The Rams are as dangerous as any team that there is. Like Stafford, there's sort of this whole master plan going on with Stafford and McVay. McVay's been waiting for a quarterback that he can sort of just trust. You know what I mean? When he gets at the line of scrimmage, trust to change things on the fly and operate that offense completely and that's sort of immediately what Stafford's brought to him so I think the LA LA Super Bowl on NBC sounds like Mm. a real possibility right now
1: Mm, listen to him I love watching and listening to your dad and Al call games I don't know how honestly I've said to Megan Michaels Al's niece that I want to come watch them work but not be in the way because I don't know how they do it so seamlessly
4: well, we are in L.A. We go L.A. to in November. We go L.A. for a Rams game. Then we're in Las Vegas for a Raiders game. And then we are back in L.A. again for a Chargers game all so over I a three-week period. So, And that's the team, game, A-team? The A-team's week, doing that? A-team's doing that? A-team's doing it, baby. We're right there. Any week you want to. We <sighs> may even bring out Sean White. We'll make it a full reunion.
1: I would love that. I would love yeah. that. All right, listen, we're so happy for you. Check it out. Jack <laughs> Collinsworth, host reporter, NBC Sports host, the Sunday Night Football post game show, Colts Niners Sunday night, 5 o'clock NBC. Big hugs to Alan, Dad, all right? Thanks again for coming on.
4: Absolutely. You guys are the best. So great to see everybody. See you, bro. See you hey, are you, are you single? I am. I'm sort of dating somebody currently. Yes, I'm sort of currently dating somebody. It's sort of new, fresh, and exciting. You know what I mean? All right. Well, when it's.
1: Still fresh, great when it's not. Reach back out.
4: Amen. We'll put you on. <laughs> All right, later. He's a very eligible.
1: <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'll, I'll explain. Goodbye, bye, Jake. You know I'm saying? Bye. <laughs> reach back out because that's a guy that people would want to date.
3: Yeah, I feel. How
1: old is I mean, he? He's cool. He's twenty-six.
3: He's very cool. I feel like I tried to. Well, no, I don't know if I tried to date him. I think he was too young at the time when he was an intern. But I liked him a lot.
1: I. We are very aware of that fact. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for reiterating it all right let's grab ann and good morning how you doing i'm good how are you doing well Ann. thank you for asking so you're calling for some advice
0: yes what's the I'm topic kind of in a little situation um so basically well it's it's my fr- best friend asked me to be in her wedding next year
1: okay this never comes without a hitch what's the issue <laughs>
0: Right. See, I'm really excited, obviously, because um, I love weddings and all that. So it's next April. Um, but the thing is, is my husband and I, we just got married a few months ago. And our plan was to, uh, you know, start having kids right away. Like, we don't really want to wait that long. Um, but when I told my friend this, um, she asked me if my husband and I would consider, like, waiting till after the wedding. Um, because she doesn't want me to be pregnant for her bachelorette party, you know, in the no. wedding so that I can just drink and have fun. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I think she's serious when she's saying this, you know, Tanya, uh, what's your
1: response to that? L.O.L. That is so <laughs>
3: ridiculous. I'm telling you, this this is uh, not OK.
1: Like, I mean, well, I
0: kind of get what she's saying, you know, but but it's I mean, crazy for it mean, even ask, Right.
1: I think haven't you had friends that say don't go on a cleanse after our trip to Florida?
3: Going on the cleanse is one thing. <laughs> Telling somebody not to get pregnant so that they can and j- get drunk at your bachelorette party is not it. Okay, you it's well, right?
1: Yeah,
0: okay. You
1: wouldn't do that? All right. No. All right. I mean, I kind of ingest and see what she's saying. She's, I, maybe she's being funny?
0: No. Well, I mean, I think serious. she's being serious, actually, yeah.
1: Well, Look. Uh, It's none of our business, by the way. And also, maybe you can't control when you get pregnant. I don't know, right? I'm speaking out of school on this. Yeah. From friends of mine that have had babies, they try, 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 and then happen, happen, happen. So you kind of got to go with God on this, don't you?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking, too. I mean, I I just don't even know, like, what to do.
1: Well, no, this is. Tell her I don't even
0: want to be one?
1: No, you can't. If you get pregnant, you still go to the bachelor thing, bachelorette thing, right?
0: I could, yeah. I guess that she's going to be like, well, you're not a son. <laughs> I
1: wish I would have yeah, well, picked somebody you, you, else. You, first of all, prove her wrong. And second of all, if she gives you this much grief, how close of a friend is she?
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, that is true, I guess. And but... also,
1: but, and also, a little more reality check here. She's getting married. She's going to disappear from your life in about a flash. Your kid's okay, going be with no. you all your life. True. Married people disappear on me all the time. They get married, they disappear. I've lived it, I've seen it. Don't tell me about my history. I know it. I lived it. They get married, they disappear. Off your contact list. Goodbye, because they're doing their own thing. Your child's going to be with you all your life. So build a better future with your priorities. Okay. Patty?
2: No, the fact that you're actually afraid of getting pregnant because she will be upset should make you reconsider this friendship. You,
1: that's
0: not a friend
2: you want in your life. You don't want to be part of that. I know.
0: Like, I honestly right. can't believe that. You're actually I mean, you're afraid like, go right go now. It. Like, you're like,
2: well, yeah. she's going to be upset with you. Yeah.
1: Me. Yeah. I like, agree. You're... It's all petty, <laughs> petty, petty. You, go get pregnant, Ann. Go, go for it, right? Go have <laughs> a baby. Goodbye to, tell her...
2: goodbye to that
0: friendship.
1: And tell her you are thrilled to have your first child with your husband and you hope that she finds as much joy in her life. Bye bye.
0: Exactly. Oh, man. I mean, like, I don't want a friendship to end, you know, like, I guess maybe just
1: talk Why to do you her. want
3: a friend like, who will be upset that you're pregnant?
1: Yeah, we're not, we're not here for that. And we're not here for it.
3: Yeah. No, I don't believe <laughs> this is your friend. I believe that something comes over people when they get engaged and or get are no. getting married. And there's just like something that comes over them where they just think that nothing else matters aside from their wedding. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that's your friend that's um, a terrible friend. Did you get friend. that just, thought from
1: Taylor Tomlinson's act? Because it certainly sounds like it.
3: <laughs> I did, I did. That's
1: like exactly but what she think, says.
3: I don't think it's your friend that is necessarily horrible. I wouldn't poo-poo that friendship, but I would just kind of laugh it off and say, ah, okay, and then you do your own thing.
0: Okay. Right. Yeah, because well, I honestly, I can't even imagine, you know, ask, saying that to her. I just, what, what? It's right. crazy.
1: Well, your work is done here. Crazy. Thank you very much. Anne, and good luck and uh, congratulations hey. before all of it. And we're here for you. And you know, that's crazy talk. And by Who the way, are these people You know what? Tanya's a point. The be- Taylor Tomlinson mm-hmm. said that Tanya re- reiterated sometimes when people start having their weddings, brides and grooms, it's like nobody else matters but themselves and everybody else can wait and be on hold because their life is starting. I'm no, not I here mean, for that at that's all. That's
2: about choosing a color for your bridesmaid dresses, not about you know whether you should have a child before the bridal party. That's uh, the mother level. Excuse
1: mm-hmm. me, guys, but as the unmarried guy here, mm, some married couples look down upon those who are not. And especially when they're about to get into their marriage, nothing else matters but them. Mm-hmm. Right. And Easton... You know who I'm talking about.
3: <laughs> I do think, I'm telling you, Patty, I think you'd be surprised. You think you're like very level-headed. I think if you got engaged and you were planning a wedding, you would start doing some things you don't even recognize about yourself.
1: By the way, yeah, that's maybe. her That's maybe her disclaiming what she's going to do to us when she gets married, FYI. Yeah,
3: yeah. this <laughs> is I me preparing never. you guys. I would never tell anyone,
2: don't have a child, don't get Wait, pregnant. No, you know, of don't course, that's that's
1: crazy. We've got to get, maybe later in the yeah. show, Nick can find the bit that Tanya's talking about, that Taylor Tomlinson says about once you get engaged, level A, right?
10: Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
2: No. Actually,
1: could we please have Jamie Foxx on to talk about what Tanya's about to talk about? I think that this yes. could be a conversation he and I should have. You, Tanya, are going to do a trending report about Jamie Foxx, and you say, he says in his book, he's not the marrying type.
3: Yes, but what I want you guys to think about is if you could be with somebody that right out the gate says that. Because but does that mean me, that you're
1: not, hold on, I need to understand, not the marrying type, but could you be the committed to type? Just not don't have exactly. to call it marriage?
3: exactly. So is it more I think it's more about deciding if it's fi- about finding the right person that you want to do life with or does the term and the concept of marriage mean more to you?
1: And you got to treat each question. other as equals with respect and guess what you got to do? Listen, keep going.
3: Okay. So like you mentioned in his book Act Like You Got Some Sense, he is basically stating that he isn't the marrying type and this is exactly what he said. He says because I've had two children without being married to their mothers, everyone's been asking me about getting married. I've just never been convinced that marriage was a good idea for me. I've had friends that have great marriages, others not so much. And so it got me thinking, like, if you, if somebody, let's say you're going to start dating Jamie Foxx and you know he doesn't want to get married, but you guys have a really great connection, would you nip it in the bud because ultimately you wanted to get married or would you just go with it and the person is more important than the, the union piece of paper, whatever.
1: Patty, I'd like to hear your thoughts.
2: I don't think the paper matters, but I do feel that some people are just not meant to get married. Maybe it, you know, it's just trauma that they had as children in relationships and it's just I just don't believe in the paper, but I also understand that people don't want to get married. And, and what about okay.
1: people who got divorced? Were they not meant to be married too?
2: It just wasn't their person. They try, maybe they tried it. Maybe they knew they weren't meant to be married. They got married, and they're like, you know what? We're divorced.
1: But then they're not or, the marrying no, type.
3: Exactly, because they got divorced. I think it's the opposite of what you guys are saying. I
1: think well, that they think they're the marrying. That's not a breaking news statement.
3: They think they're the marrying kind, and so they want to get married right away, and so they marry the wrong person because they just want marriage. But then they, it's the wrong person, so they end up getting divorced.
1: Okay, well, don't be that person, Tanya.
3: But it's also okay to say I'm not the marrying type and
2: then change your mind and then get married and then get divorced and then get married again.
1: Tubbs. Whoa, whoa, whoa on all that. I mean, it's just
2: like, it's life. Complicated.
1: But then if you're that person, you're not the marrying type.
2: But but who are we to know that? Can we just
1: talk about the elephant in the room?
2: Who are we to know that we're not the marrying
1: kind? I mean, as human beings... I, that's a lot to ask for a lifetime, and I see it going wrong a lot.
3: Well, right.
1: All right. Tubbs, let's bring you in on this. What say no, you, Tubbs? you're the elephant in the room. Yeah, I'm unmarried because I'm afraid of it going wrong. I've seen, but it's... I've listened, to, I've heard people calling for 20 years talking about, and by the way, I was at a urinal three days ago, and a guy I kind of know said, don't ever get married. I was like, what? Like what? unsolicited. Unsolicited at a urinal No, says it's to me, not
2: unsolicited. Been, you're p- asking for it because you're pushing no, out. Yeah, you're bringing world. in that I've, energy. You have been right, saying But at I'm a not urinal,
1: a stranger says to me, hey, bro, like he listens to the show, don't ever get married. I'm like, wow, that's
2: bold. No, that's what you're looking for. So you get those answers
1: from the universe. No, I had to pee. Yeah. I was not looking for any answers yeah. in any universes at that point. Tubbs, what say you? <laughs> I'm confused now. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, let's let's bring it back to the basics for Tubbs. Tubbs, if you started dating somebody that said they weren't the marrying type and you wanted to get married, would you continue dating them?
1: I guess it depends on your where you are in your journey. Are you the marrying type? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He said, yeah, I think so, yeah, unsure.
3: He doesn't know either.
1: No, he's unclear. All right.
3: I just want to say, I don't think that you aren't the marrying type. I think you're exactly the marrying type and you want it. You're just scared of failure. That's what I think you are.
1: Could you put a pin in that? Jamie Foxx, Amy Sugarman, could you book him? Let's have this conversation with Jamie Foxx who might be on my side. We found famous chef Evan Funk whose documentary Funk, F-U-N-K-E, is a great story about a chef in L.A., that bounced around a little bit and then said, I've had it. I'm going to Italy to figure out how to make the best ornate pastas. Came back, learned how to do 220 pastas. He catered this uh event I went to and I, I, I got excited and I called him the wrong name when I introduced him. Anyway, event. we'll get back to that. I'm gonna apologize to him in a second.
3: Wasn't it a wedding that you were at? It
1: was a no, it was not. It okay. was not. It was a what do you call him? Reception. The wedding happened during COVID. This was the reception. Okay. Uh Kiss FM 46 years ago, this is before I was in radio. This all happened. There was a radio station, KKDJ, that 46 years ago changed. It turned into KIIS. Do you want to hear it? This is a birthday. Sure do. 46. Birthday party for KISS FM. Here is the beginning.
8: We have officially received permission now to change our call letters as of six o'clock tomorrow morning over here to KWIS FM. And of course you will remain KWIS AM at eleven fifty. And we're here at one oh two point seven
1: FM. By the way, Charlie Tuna, and that sounds like an AM broadcast, because I think that was an AM broadcast.
3: Sounds like an astronaut in space. Well, sounds technology scary. was different. We have that's officially scary.
8: received permission now to change our call letters as of 6 o'clock tomorrow morning over here to KIS-FM. And, of course, you will remain Kwis am at
1: 1150,
8: and we're here at 102.7 FM.
1: I'm f- glad I didn't work here back then. I, I'm not near as official as that sound. Ooh, that's big time.
2: It sounds like I they're about
1: to I report to- bad news. Yeah, me t- I, right? There, exactly. It sounds like uh, take cover. Like breaking news. Take cover.
2: <laughs> yeah. Take yeah. cover.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, let me bring in Evan Funk. Evan, sorry to bother you on the fly. How are you, Chef? <laughs> What's up, man? How's it going? Hey, it's going. I was just talking about you on the air, and I realized when I was telling them the story, when I introduced yeah. you to my friends after saying I was such a big fan, I introduced you as Alan Funk.
10: Well, not only did you mispronounce my first name, you're mispronouncing my last
1: name. Okay, well let me get it all right because I am I'm desperate to get to know you in real life. So what is it? Likewise.
10: So it's Evan Funky. All right, so I've screwed it up for years.
1: All right, let me tell you Funky, yes. Well what I was I was so excited to meet you that in my brain there's an old T V host named Alan Funt. And my brain crossed wires and called you Alan Funk, which was all wrong. And I have my foot in my mouth. I didn't even realize I did it till Kurt said to me, I think you called him by the host of Candy Camera's name. <laughs>
10: Listen, that, I mean, that's great company to be in, so I'm all good with that. All
1: right, now let's talk about Evan Funky. His documentary, Funky, is on Prime. Evan, as I understand yeah. it, you can make how many different pastas now?
10: Uh, 155 uh, singular shapes all by hand, no machines, no extruders, anything like that. And uh, I think all but one of those has been taught
1: to me by a woman. And was that the woman we see in the documentary? Uh,
10: yeah, well, I started, that, that's Alessandro Spisny of La Vecchia Scuola Bolognese. I began my training with her in 2007, I moved to Bologna in 2007. And she was the the one pasta maker to kind of open my eyes to uh, to start seeking out other pasta makers throughout the peninsula of Italy. And that was uh, twelve, almost thirteen years ago now. Uh, and it's been countless uh, countless histories, countless uh, shapes, and amazing, amazing uh, you know opportunities and, and adventures. Uh, you know, kind of on this journey of. Uh, of learning handmade pasta from the people who live it every single day.
1: So Evan Funky's on. This guy opened a place called Felix down on Abbott Kenny, which is like the hottest restaurant down there and most beautiful pasta. I've never been, but my friends have been and told me about it. And you and I think you know I'm fascinated by restaurants and kitchens. I don't know. There are a lot of tough jobs out there. On that list is being in a kitchen in a restaurant on your feet for hours and hours and hours. And yeah. you kind of got pissed yeah. off and fed up, didn't you, at one point? Uh, I did.
10: I did for sure. I mean, multiple times. It's an extremely uh, difficult job to do. Uh, It's high pressure. You're dealing with multiple facets of anything can go wrong at any given time because you're dealing with the, the human element and you're also dealing with the animals of pasta, the animals of bread, the animals of fire. So you're dealing with a lot of different elements and everyone in their own mind is an expert at what tastes delicious. Uh, so we're trying to kind of fit uh, in, in the 95 percentile of making everyone uh, happy as many times as we can. Um, and that's, you know, it's a very difficult job. Yes, it's long hours, but, uh, you know, it's really a sickness. We love it. We, we don't want to do anything else.
1: I, exploring the Mind of a Chef is a series that I'm going to host. I mean, it, you should. it really you should. is. Hey, Evan, before well, you go, go ahead. You should come ahead. eat pasta. You should come I'm eat going pasta at go- Felix. Felix is it, right?
10: So Felix has uh, been open for five years. I'm opening a new restaurant called Mother Wolf. Uh, it's in Hollywood, uh, just okay. off of Cahuenga. It should be opening probably back end of November, early December. Um, we're very, very excited. Yeah. It's going to be a Roman restaurant, strictly Roman. Uh, and we're uh, very, very excited about that project. Roman? Yeah, wow. Roman.
1: What, what is Roman? Yeah. Pa- what's our indigenous Roman pasta? So,
10: uh, at the very basis of if, if, I'm going to simplify it super quick. If you talk about Roman pastas, there's the four quintessential Roman pastas Cacio Pepe, Amatriciana, La Grigia, and Carbonara. So those four are the bangers that everybody are going to want to order at this restaurant, and they should eat and order when they're in Rome. So my right. goal is to is to cook the most authentic Roman cuisine uh, in America.
1: And you can do it right there in Hollywood. And Evan's got his place also, Felix, on Abbott Kenny. All right, bro, I'm going to text you so we can figure out a time. I can actually see you and eat food not with a lot of people.
10: <laughs> Looking forward to it, man. Thanks All for having right. me on. See you.
1: Bye. I mean, what's amazing but, is he did this pasta like he does for a like. I think cooking for four is hard. Catering, I, how people do catering, I don't understand it. Like, I don't know how you do I that know, many dishes at once. What?
3: It's so cute watching you like try and make friends.
1: I'm actually trying to make him a friend.
3: I know you are. It's like really cute. And it's hard to do it as an adult. It's awkward to make friends. And then, especially when you call them the wrong name, you're going to have to like really people. dig yourself out of that
1: one. But you know what's great? This show. I can admit to that on this show and apologize and then treat him like a guest, right? Like, like a, like a guest. I ask questions and do it. I turned that foot in mouth moment into an interview. Mm -hmm. I'm not recommending one does that, but when in dire straits, nowhere else to turn, turn into an interview.
3: But you can't now wait too long before you meet up.
1: Oh no, I'm going to text him. What are we doing? I'm going to take a break and text him right now. We'll be back. I'm texting. But you need
3: to, like, meet up in real, in IRL to keep the friendship, keep the momentum like going. Tonight.
1: Okay. Not tonight, but definitely within the next right. week. You guys give bad adult friend advice, but yes, IRL, <laughs> IRL. Hang on. On air.
0: On air with Ryan Seacrest.
1: And that's it for us. We are going to roll out. Gabby Diaz is next. All new Ryan's Roses coming Monday. We'll talk to you then. Until then, have a great weekend. Be safe. Take care of yourself. Bye. Thanks for listening to On Air with Ryan Seacrest. Make sure to subscribe, and we'll talk to you again Monday.